0: Today's episode is brought to you by Sacrate. Are you looking to add quality concrete, mortar, and stucco mixes, as well as repair and specialty items to your product lineup? Sacrate provides the tools you need to run a better business, whether that's through exceptional customer support, sales and marketing tools, varied product assortments, or just finding reliable products. SACRETE offers knowledgeable retail experts that understand the needs of your store. To learn more, visit www.sacrete.com slash hardware retailing. Hi, everyone. This is Renee Shagnon with Hardware Retailings podcast, Tell Me More. Today, we are in Indianapolis, um, at Sullivan's Hardware talking to Pat Sullivan, the owner of the business, and he's going to kind of tell us about the operation that he took over from his family, from his from his parents growing up, and kind of hear what he's done with it, the exciting things that uh, the business is up to, in the holidays, they have great events, and just a lot of cool stuff to hear. So I guess just to get started, do you mind introducing yourself uh, to our no, listeners? No,
1: my name is uh, Pat Sullivan. Uh, I am, have been in the, the family business for, uh, you know, people always say, well, and I think this is so true of so many family hardware stores, I always go, well, how long have you been, people say, well, how long have you been there? It's like, well, okay, I started in the first grade. <laughs> Can you count that? Yeah. So, you know, this is all I've ever done. You know, my father started the business in 1954, and then uh, I always say we were in downtown Indianapolis, and, uh, and in 1963... I always say we moved around the corner about a hundred blocks and came out to what at the time was the in. You know, we were kind of at the edge of Indianapolis. We were out, you know, on the very edge. Well, now. As time, all those years go by now, we're like in the middle of the city again, as as the expansion of the city has continued into, you know, other counties and uh, Carmel, Indiana and, and different things. So but we have actually been on this corner from 1963 Till now in different buildings, and then we've opened up a couple other uh, stores along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So tell me a little bit about growing up in the family business, and how did how did your dad get into it? Um, if, yeah, you if you don't what? mind sharing. No, no. the No, no. My dad was a
1: my dad was a contractor. You know, typical World War II and the Korean War, and then um, he was a contractor, and then somehow, which I think you know, I see it in my years too. Like somehow contractors always think, oh, you know, I need to contracting is so hard i need to i need to own a hardware store and so he started a little hardware store and my mom actually ran the store and then he you know continued on with the contracting business until it grew enough to where he could quit contract but i, I do think that's probably a common thing with contractors it's like uh there's you know uh, it, it always looks easier on the yeah. other side of the fence. And as we all know, and it's not realize exactly retail is not, <laughs> not exactly easy, but dad always had fam- famous stories about early on. And he had just put a toilet seat on a new toilet seat on the bathroom at the, this little bitty store that we had and somebody needed one. He sold it. Wow. So he sold it, you know, so it's like, you know, those early days, but you know, then you always had the early days of the small distributors. And so you'd run to the distributor in the morning and then bring stuff back to the store so you know it was just and so then i just you know i've i was just always in the business and it's like you know we just kind of grew and even in high school and you know we were a small business if uh my dad was sick you know i stayed home from school (laughs) yeah i had to work and when i was in high school so i'd miss a few days of school to to run the store
0: so do you have family members that like any siblings or anyone else that grew up alongside you in the business? Yeah, or? you know, what, we
1: all there. I have uh, six siblings, so there's oh, wow. seven of okay. us. And uh, all of them at one time um, worked in the store, but more just as kids. Yeah. And then I have five sisters and one brother. Okay. So my one brother always had uh, bigger aspirations, so he kind of is the only one of our uh, siblings that doesn't live in Indianapolis.
0: Okay. And
1: then, uh, but some, and we were a little bitty store. Yeah. When I when I came to work full time uh, after college, well, college only lasted three days. But after college, then I, when I came to work, um, you know, it was, we were a small store. We yeah. were 2,200 square foot. So just a tiny yeah. store. So it's not like I had a bunch of siblings going, hey, we, we got to get in on this yeah. thing. So they're all like, yeah, yeah, Pat, you go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, so how did you take it from, because it, it, you said it used to be downtown Indianapolis. Whereabouts were you guys? Like, uh, we I on, know not everyone would know. Yeah, but. we
1: were on Washington Street, which okay. is kind of the mile square in downtown yeah. Indianapolis. So, yeah. real close. And there was a, you know, we kind of remember the 1940s, 50s, and even 60s. There was just the landscape was small, yeah. these little tiny hardware stores, neighborhood hardware stores everywhere.
0: Yeah. So, when did, when did, the family make the decision to uh move to this location and and was this because i know you also have one in the broad ripple area too yep has that been around about the same amount of Uh, time no that was
1: uh so i bought the business for my father in uh 1990 okay so i was uh i was when he was 67 i was mixing paint and uh you shouldn't ever talk to someone when they're mixing paint because you can mess up the color but dad walked by and goes hey i'm retiring at the end of the year you're buying the place right uh-huh. so, all right dad and so and then he did and yeah. and we all kind of laughed, thinking because his life as so many people in the hardware business your life is that store and thinking that he would actually walk away where like okay dad sure yeah. you're retiring but you know he did he That's did amazing. retire um and then so i took it over and, and when i took it over we were Uh, we had moved to a different location on the same corner, but we were still just a, you know, like an, at that point, like a 7,500 square foot store. So a single store, and then uh, being young and stupid. uh, So I was 29 and uh, you know, stupidity of, so I opened a second store three miles from our first store. Yeah. So it's when looking back was a genius move and it actually worked out. Okay. But the, the growing pains is like, you literally went into competition with yourself yeah so we lost about 15 percent of our business uh to ourselves but then it all it all worked out you know in the end and then in uh so that was in i think 92 96 we opened a little store in the historic part of Mm -hmm. of indianapolis Um, so and and that store has been very good it's a it's a it's just a nice it's 60 six thousand square foot tucked in a little corner like kind of like the old days of retailing where on the corners you'd have retail establishments but you know we have half million dollar homes that you know border each one of our you know two sides of our store so and how many
0: stores do you have today
1: uh we have three okay but the main one the that really is our biggest store is this keystone store yeah yeah so we have keystone we have the little store at 49th and Penn, which again, kind of a little historic note. Very beautiful homes, mm-hmm. and then we have a little store up in Cicero, Indiana, which is north of Indianapolis.
0: Cool. So when you when you took over the business, could you have like looked into the future and seen what what we see outside and no. see at your store today? No. Was it, it when did when did you kind of start seeing those those pieces fall into place? Like, do you look back and kind of see how things?
1: Well, it's kind of funny because the first thing that happened to us, if you're in a you know pretty good sized town, the box stores. Now we had a regional box store right up the road from us, so we, you know, it was sixty thousand square foot, but really comparably to a to a do it best or an ace or a true value or orgel, they were relatively small. There was thirty five yeah. stores, but they were big. They were sixty thousand square foot, and so that what we were already had you know, been dealing with, so we had kind of dealt with a box style store, but they were sloppily run. So it wasn't until then the big, big box stores came Mm -hmm. and then you start to see that, man, we are going to have to change how we're doing business because we were losing some of our, you know, some of our contractor business. Uh, we, not, not that we had a great amount, but, you know, contractors working on jobs came to us and all of a sudden we lost all that. So that's, I think that's when it started to change. And then, so I thought that would have been it. Having seen the, uh, the internet later on, my gosh, no, didn't see that coming either.
0: So what, what do you think, like when you look back, what's one of the first steps you kind of took when you were deciding you wanted to, um, continue to find ways to evolve as, well, you know what, what I
1: decided that, uh, So when we were in, in our, in our store, our 7,500 square foot store, hardware store, lawn and garden, the strongest thing we had was plants we did. We sourced a lot of local, you know, uh, local plants from local growers. And we realized that that was something that we could do better than a box store because we could run to the nursery and pick out our own plants, the freshest things. And it got me thinking, it's like, okay, so what can we do better? Than the box stores. Mm-hmm. Because what we were getting a little bit, I like to call it on the on the inside on the hardware is that we were getting sympathy business. Yeah. And sympathy business goes like, We've always bought our hardware from your daddy. Yeah. And that's great because we rang up the sympathy business, but I wanted something where people were excited and wanted to come to our store not out of loyalty, but because it was a cool place to be. So we started thinking, well, what what can we do? What, are, what can we do better than the box stores? So we chose plants, which we were already strong in. Mm-hmm. And we were selling fresh cut Christmas trees. So we kind of had an inkling of, of, well, what about Christmas? So yeah. we decided, and, and I had visited some stores like in the Detroit area, uh, Ohio, and saw some of the operations at Christmas time. So we decided we wanted to be a leader in, in artificial Christmas trees. Yeah. So that was one of them. Fireplaces was one. And then mid price patio furniture. So those were were kind of the the targets. Yeah. So and we decided that we wanted to be a good basic hardware store and we wanted to be a monster and the leader in those other categories. We failed at fireplaces. It just didn't work out. Yeah, it was kinda complicated. We didn't have contractors to go Mm -hmm. out so but besides that, I mean patio Christmas, uh, the plants and then we added gift along the way too, and grills was, was another. We wanted to be kind of a leader in grills, so those things have all worked out really well.
0: Yeah. So, what were some of the growing pains you had to deal with as you're trying to figure that out? Because the the hardware store that we see now, you didn't ha- did you have all this land already, or how did you kind of no? I'm you sure know what thought, the original
1: it. store that I bought was actually in the parking lot of this store.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: we built the present store that you see now we built behind that and we had been when we were at a previous location i know it can get kind of complicated we had started buying up some of these houses on this main road and what the the yellow house which is our gift shop that piece of property is over 100 years old and it sits right in the middle of our garden center so there's plants all around it and it was the farmhouse for this area so it
0: it was in that same spot this whole time. same spot wow that's so cool
1: and so we purchased that in 1973 Okay. But it wasn't until the late nineties when then we ended up purchasing all the, it was like playing Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. We put up a hotel, That's but we awesome. didn't, we put up a hardware store. Yeah. So,
0: so cool. So what do you, do you have a pretty large family yourself? Like, do you are, do you have any children or anyone else? I have five children. That, okay. Are they involved in the business uh, yep, at all? I have
1: a couple of the kids hope to have more. Yeah. Uh, and then a the son-in-law I have brother-in-law sister. you yeah. know, like, Like every other hardware store, it seems like it's a family, which can be the best thing and the worst thing.
0: Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone if they were wanting to find a way to kind of evolve their business? Like for you guys, you found Garden. Did you have to go out and find those experts? Because I know you have some really phenomenal employees
1: that are are quite knowledgeable. People get attracted. Like when they see what you're doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, people want, I mean, there's, I mean, everyone needs a job. Yeah. but people want to enjoy their job. And I remember when we were, initially when we were, uh, our patio furniture business took right off. The very first year, you know, we kind of had the, uh, when we opened this store, we had three sets of, of numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll use the different language. We had the oh darn numbers, which means we really didn't improve our lot in life. Yeah. And then we had the numbers that we thought that we would do and where we wanted to be someday. Well, we went right past those top numbers the first year. Yeah. So we realized we kind of had hit a, you know, we had, we had hit this thing pretty good. So this yellow house, this old piece of property, it was sitting there because I was so afraid that if I didn't make it, mm-hmm. that I was going to put a dentist in there or a lawyer. Yeah. No, not a lawyer. A dentist. <laughs> yes. We don't want any lawyers on the property. That's <laughs> a joke. But so I was building a, uh, we needed room for the uh, patio furniture so i was constructing a four-sided front porch to display patio furniture mm-hmm. and we had it all painted yellow and real nice and someone came in and said hey what are you going to do with the inside of that mm. house and i said you know i don't know maybe a gift shop and she goes i want to run it and she mm-hmm. had just driven by it and saw how cool it was and you know that now is a million and a half dollar department yeah the gift so it's just people, so you say, well, how do you attract people? Sometimes they see when you, when you get, if you're a, a, you know, a fun, cool, working environment, people want to come.
0: Definitely. So. so how have you, what, what are some things that you've done as far as um, with employees in general? Like, do you guys offer training or do you do other things? How do you, how do you establish a culture um, in your business that people want to come and work here? Like what's the culture like, I guess. Oh, you know
1: what it's, um, you know, I've worked side by side. I have always yeah. felt like that's, you know, the best way to gain respect from a staff member is doing the same work that you ask them to do. Exactly. And I think they appreciate that. I love working with that. We got a ton of high school kids, you know, they'll keep you young. It's like, but yeah. we just have a lot of good people. But, you know, do we do training? Yeah, but we should do more training. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're that, you know, we're the big city. We're open seven days a week. We're yeah. open 13 hours a day. So it, it's it's hard to fit it all in. Definitely. You know, sometimes I'm jealous of the stores that get to close on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, that's why I, I joke with, I was joking with Kevin. I was like, maybe we'll get Chick-fil-A. And I, they do so well. They're like one of the top. Yep chains right now and they're closed on every sunday yep
1: and their staff i was there for believe it or not i had never been to a chick-fil-a and went yesterday i went to the your
0: first time yeah what did you think
1: it was unbelievable i mean i didn't even know what to do the drive-through it was going so fast and i just pull around there's people i thought there was a road crew and it turned out it was their employees Taking orders, navigating, yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and it was. It's, uh,
0: they're a good example outside of our industry, I think, of some of a company that's found a way to. Yep. Um, first of all, get the consumers' attention, keep them coming back for more, and still be closed on Sundays. Stick to whatever right, you know, that's their your, that's yep. part of their core um, beliefs. So I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it was really that was, uh, impressed.
0: So. You, you're you pretty involved in the community, and you have yep. quite a presence in the community, both you know as the owner of this business and on through a radio show and TV. Do you want to talk a little bit about that with our listeners, about kind of the, the two different projects you work on yeah. and, and how that's played yeah, into your you know, business? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my
1: uh, 24th year of a radio show. So a radio show that I thought would have lasted, I don't know, two months because yeah. after the, I mean, the first it me is terrifying. I mean, to do live radio, originally my show was two hours long and uh, I turned down the invitation to apply for this job and I had never, I was 35 years old and I just you know, by nature, I was pretty shy. I did not, mm-hmm. you know, I was not a, you know, I'm not one that can walk in a room, say, hey, I'm Pat, you yeah. know, I'm more like skimmy me a beer, I'll stand in the corner over yeah. here. Uh, but somehow they talked me into applying for the job. Now, I had remember, I'm 35, I've never applied for a job yeah. because I've always had a job, I've had the same job. So somehow I applied for the job, uh, got the job, and then all of a sudden it was, and there's not a lot of training, you talk about training, there's not a lot of training in radio, it's like, here you go. And uh, so it was two hours, and when I started, there wasn't this particular station There wasn't a lot of advertising on Saturdays. That was the idea of niche marketing is if we can bring in a very specific show and then they can sell advertising to maybe do a company, maybe a a plumber or somebody that can't afford to buy, you know, Monday through Friday advertising. But when I first started, it was mainly John Denver PSAs. So there was, (laughs) and I talked a lot and you'd take calls and then, and it was just, it was terrifying and it took a long time before you know I got comfort like on Thursday I'd start to get that sick feeling about Mm. I've got to go do a two hour and so as it went on then we for a while then I was doing two hours on Saturday two hours on Sunday and now I do four hours on Saturday yeah and now it's like the show like we're on the air at 906 Eastern Mm -hmm. um, and I will get there at 904 yeah so it's just it just takes it becomes time. part yeah and then you put after so it's 24 years so you get pretty comfortable with it so yeah
0: and how has the radio show kind of played into um your business because was that part of the reason they came to you is because they knew you had this business in town and and you had that set of expertise yeah they or? were trying
1: to they were trying to replicate uh, a show in cincinnati gary sullivan who had probably one of the first people that had that kind of a, a home improvement show. So we're yeah. so one of the station managers came to Indianapolis. So he was trying to replicate the success. Didn't hurt that my last name happened to
0: also I shared B. the Sullivan. same. Yeah,
1: B Sullivan. So, and uh, I think Gary's still on the air, as I am. So, uh, and it was it worked out for the radio station. It's kind of a uh, they got a good deal and I get a good deal. Yeah. And yes, I'm paid to do the show, but still I give up a lot you, every time. Saturday of for the last 24 years you know i've been you know there's no pre-taping you know we try to do a best of show we only have 17 seconds right now after 24 years (laughs) so but it's like so it is it's a it was definitely giving up something it's like it's the only time in my entire week i have to be somewhere at 906 yeah i have to be on that radio you know yeah so
0: what kind of comments have you gotten from customers or have you had someone who's like, I've lived here and I've never been to your business, but I listened to your show or yeah. I'm sure you've had that yeah, kind early, of early on,
1: especially early on in the nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, people that were coming in store that had never been. And, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's a pretty, uh, strong, we, you know, radio station. It had, a, yeah. uh, a good reputation. So, yeah. It, so that kind of propelled our growth, I think into the, uh, into the early 2000s mm-hmm. and then but still you know you, they're not mm-hmm. going to come to you just because they heard on you on the radio. radio yeah you still have to provide you know a good store a good shopping environment an experience mm-hmm. and then even then who knew where we'd end up not only is it a good store but now it's it has to be more of an entertainment type experience and, yeah you know
0: so, can you tell us a little bit about when you started working with the television station? Because you do that as well.
1: Yes, um, so that was about eight years ago, and because of my work on radio, so it was a natural, they, they were looking to, uh, to have a, set, a weekend segment. You know, everyone's looking for, you know, and everyone's budget gets tight. and if they could get a three and a half minute segment and not have to pay somebody, mm-hmm. good deal. So, I kind of drug my feet because I thought, now oh, there's one more thing I have to do in my week, and they finally talked me into it and that has even been bigger i mean that has been a huge thing yeah as well and it's just you know here radio for four solid hours but tv with that visual yeah at three and a half minutes i'm on the nbc affiliate in indianapolis and that has been just really an unbelievable experience definitely and the beauty of that one is we pre-tape it so, so you can, I, kind of... d- I have some flexibility with that. So
0: do you just work with the television station and say, Hey, these are the days I'm free and then they'll get with you. And,
1: uh, you know what? We have a set, uh, shooting schedule. We yeah. shoot at Thursday morning at nine forty-five. All right. and I have the same photojournalist that comes out that yeah. I've worked with for years. And, uh, so it's just me and a photojournalist, and, cool. and we put it together and I literally have done it so long that I run out of ideas that, three minutes 30 seconds I yeah. just stopped talking
0: yeah so how do you come up with the topics and is it just is it things that are on your mind because so when I was in college I used to have a column and it would just be something that I wanted to talk about is it kind of similar to that where you have like something that you're thinking about and to yeah. really talk about sometimes
1: some of it's not you know natural season occurring things yeah some of it comes from my radio show because we take live calls so I know what is on people's minds mm-hmm. but there's a good you know, a good, you know, just, it almost follows what you're selling in the hardware store.
0: Yeah. So we've had, we wrote a story, I'm not sure it was a couple months ago and it was talking about how retailers can get involved with the local media, kind of like what you've done, maybe not on the same level, but what would you say to someone who has been approached and maybe they're dragging their feet about doing a a spot on TV or things like that? You
1: know, and I would tell you that uh, do more than if you're approached, that's awesome. Take the opportunity yeah. and find that person in your store that is able to, you be know, face to be the face of the business. Yeah. But more importantly, I would go after the media outlets. Yeah. Now here's a little secret. Ooh. Media people are kind of lazy. Yeah. So if you can drop content on their lap. Yeah. They're into it. I mean, so, and whether that, and I don't mean that to my media friends, but it's like, but Press sometimes or it's like they are cranking out so much because even in their business, remember, it used to just be the six o'clock news. Mm-hmm. Well, then it was the five o'clock news, the four o'clock news, seven o'clock news, the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. They have to produce so much material in a week mm-hmm. that if someone can give them something interesting, yeah. you know, but, but the, you know what the key is, it's not about promoting you, the listener, the viewer, mm-hmm. they make that connection. You're the good guy bringing along information that's useful to that person. You don't have to drop your name in there. They get it. You're Mm -hmm. Pat Sullivan. You're from Sullivan Hardware and Garden. I never promote my store. It says Pat Sullivan, and I'm just showing you how to – Well, people make that connection. So you don't have – Sometimes I think when people are – They get a chance to be on radio or on – That they need to keep sliding in. Oh, yeah, you can come by the store. You can come – you don't have to do yeah. that because that looks self-serving.
0: Exactly. So you
1: look like the good guy. And like on my radio show, if someone calls in and they need a product and I'll say, hey, you know what? You need to spray that with uh Trimec weed killer. And, uh, you know, you can pick it up uh, at your local garden center, hardware store. You can even get it at the big box stores. Your listener then, do you have it at your store? Yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So they'll promote you for you. Don't have to worry if you get that exposure. It'll take care of itself.
0: Definitely. So you're also your your business is part of the Do It Best co op. Yep. Um, and you've been very involved with do it best for many years. You were weren't you were the, the chairman of the board for do it best, correct?
1: Do I owe you money?
0: No, I... Okay, yes, I was. (laughs) I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, So when did you guys get involved with Do... Because has your business always been aligned with Do It Best? 1969.
1: My father joined, at the time, HWI, Hardware Wholesalers. And then, you know, it's been... It's perfect for us. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a different reason to be with the co-op that they are. Yeah. Do It Best, for us, lets us be us. Mm hmm So we're a little bit outside the box.
0: Definitely. So...
1: It, it works because they, the brand is Sullivan Hardware and Garden. Yeah. Most of our customers probably don't know the great service that we get and the services we get from our co-op. You know, they, they just see it's the Sullivan Store. Hardware and Garden. Exactly. So, and everybody has a different reason, you know, and it works for them.
0: We're going to take a quick break from our interview for a message from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Flexon. Flexon water hoses have been the choice of home gardeners and professional landscapers for over 60 years. Based right here in the U.S., Flexon offers a wide selection of hoses, whether your customer is maintaining their home lawn and garden, or they're working with a complex professional landscape. Whether you need a flexible, lightweight hose, a drinking water safe hose, or a heavy duty hose with the latest non-king technology, Flexon has the right hose for you. Visit flexon.com today to find a retailer near you. What's the experience been like as just being an in the independent industry? I mean, not. I think sometimes people get hung up on, oh, you're this or you're that. But I think one of the things that's so unique about our, our industry is that everyone can kind of – you everyone brings something different to the table. Right. So I don't know if you have anything to touch on just as far as just being independent in general.
1: No, I love, I mean, I, and the thing is owning my own business for me, you know, I want, I don't want anyone telling me how to run my business. Yeah. I mean, I want to create what I create and I want that flexibility. And I want those services that are there for me. I don't want anyone telling me, yeah. you know, that I need to do X, Y, or Z. You exactly. know, and whether that's, it could be anything it's hanging. I don't, you know, but I'm, I'm just kind of a jerk too. So <laughs> It's like, there's other people that are way nicer.
0: Oh, I, so. I haven't seen that yet. So, um, it's, it's early. <laughs> it it yeah. is early. Um, so what, could you tell us a little bit about, and we talked about the, the yeah. yellow house and the
1: events is yeah. another,
0: tell me a little bit about some you know, of the events. I got to tell you
1: the funny story of the events and how the first event started. And when I saw the power of having events, and it was in, uh, it was early in my radio career, like 1995, 1996. So they were doing all these niche shows. Well, the show after me was the cooking show. Hmm. So the host of the cooking show, Linda, she said, hey, I'm going home for Thanksgiving. Could you do the cooking show after you're like, oh, sure, I will do that. That's not a problem. Well, so she went on her way. I don't cook at all. Yeah, I mean I don't know anything about cooking, so I'm at a high school, and she gave me about a a month notice. So I'm at a uh, at a, uh, a high school football game, and I hear a guy behind me talking about cooking a turkey in a trash can, and I turned around. It's like, dude, you are coming with me. Yeah, and so. What, what we did, we did went to the radio station and we were out on the north side of Indianapolis. So kind of in picture suburban office building, a lot of space, yeah. green space. So their trash can turkey was a, originally came from the uh, Coast Guard Academy's therm- Thermal Dynamics class. Oh. So you cook a turkey, 20 pound turkey in a trash can, the trash can upside down, that's the details aren't important, yeah. two hours. So we did that, that show and it was a great success seeing the trash can turkey and all that stuff. Well then, uh, the radio station, we moved to downtown Indianapolis. We have a a brand new building on Monument Circle since 1998. All right, it's beautiful, right on, if you've been to Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. it's right in the center of the city. Well, the city frowns on barbecuing on Monument Circle. So the next year, when we wanted to do this trash can turkey and repeat this thing, we couldn't do it because, so we moved it to one of our stores. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, people started coming and we started then in getting the, you know, the Weber grill folks involved. And then, uh, we became a gr- uh, big green egg dealer Traeger at the time Traeger grills. And it just really just be kind of became this festival. You know, it's kind of a kickoff to, uh, to Thanksgiving. It's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And so right now it still draws about 2000 people Wow! to it. So it's, it's crazy, but it, it's a blast. And all of a sudden, then you see that was the first kind of the first event we did and then all of a sudden you're you're, the wheels start turning Mm -hmm. of this entertainment you know portion now I will tell you taking an event and then realizing how to make money with it is is a challenge too originally we were doing it at a store it was just out in the parking lot Mm -hmm. so a lot of people came and they ate turkey and the fixings and then they got in their car and never went in the store. Yeah. Well with the new store we made sure that we set up the store where everybody would walk through the entire store mm-hmm. before they got to the event. And so then it became a very so we so their events are great, but eventually and some events you do to become profitable and some of them you're doing as a community service or just an awareness thing so we kind of do both
0: so christmas and we talked about it earlier christmas kind of became one of the the areas your business wanted to focus on um, and you do a lot with that. Um, Do you mind sharing a little bit about some of the things you've done recently? So we we
1: had started, you know, we grew our Christmas uh, business. We do artificial Christmas trees. So we really got to be a big Christmas retailer. We uh, presently we we sell five containers of artificial Christmas trees. We put up one hundred and fifty different trees. So we you know, it's a huge time of year. So we kept thinking well how can we keep pushing this and well when i in indianapolis when i was a, a kid you know we went to you know it was the days of the big department stores mm-hmm. and that's where the real santa was yeah everyone knew that exactly. because you got on a little train and you would take the train to the real santa oh my gosh. and then of course the department stores you know kind of collapsed the big ones that you know a lot of them in yeah. india anyways kind of collapsed on themselves and so that uh so it, so that always stuck in my head. It's like, man, I want, I want to train. Yeah. So I took a uh, kind of a bit of a flyer thinking that could I get, and so before that we were doing these uh, free Santa nights mm-hmm. and we would have Santa on Thursday night and everybody come, we'd feed everybody, but they got too big. Yeah. And then uh, what I was trying to do, I have five kids. So I was trying to take everything I hated about going to see Santa and drive it into this project so creating this world of where you get on the train and you take a narrated train ride it's like presently it's a seven and a half minute train ride to the north pole which is one of our outbuildings you get off the train santa welcomes you you come in you see santa the next train pulls in with the new group you get back on the train for an excursion on the way back so but it's it's reserved i mean everything is reserved so the tickets go on sale on November 1st okay. at four in the afternoon. I don't know why, but it's four it's in the just, afternoon. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. So we're in a, we've done it four years now this last year on November 1st, four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, we charge $50 for a family. Okay. So each family gets their own little train car and they get, they go on the mm-hmm. train. So it's 50 bucks and it has gone up steadily, but we've driven a lot of, Put a lot of money into this thing too, yeah. and uh, so we sold eighteen hundred tickets in the first sixty minutes. Oh my god! So that's how it is. Like it, so I've never done anything that is so emotionally attached. Yeah, customers to our business.
0: Well, yeah, because first of all, it, it's a that's a memory that those those kids and those families will have. You know, oh, remember when we went yep. to Sullivan's and yeah, and we got and, to see Santa. And you know, it's easy,
1: you know, we're the good guys. So you take all you if once you sit and what do people hate about going to see santa they hate standing in line in the shopping mall they hate being forced to buy a photo package yeah so what have we done they have a reserve they have a train ticket our tickets our trains run on time a train leaves every seven and a half minutes and Mm -hmm. we and we cannot they are on time because if they're not on time we run 11 hours a day sold out trains so everything has to be on time so there's no waiting. If they get there on time, they're on yeah. their train, they take their own pictures. You know, we mm-hmm. always say it's like, we don't want to get blamed for a bad, a yeah. bad photo. So, yeah. but so it's really a cool experience. And guess what? Those people buy stuff when they're in your yeah. store. Yeah. So the train makes a profit because, and that's the other thing I think that sometimes as retailers, we don't have to give everything away, whether it's an event, because mm-hmm. if you want to make your event good, you have to have the motivation and if it's just costing you a ton of money
0: yeah. and
1: it's a ton of work and you're sitting there going wow is this really worth it
0: yeah
1: well you know the revenue for our train last year was $300,000 wow. so but i That's mean amazing. we have 3 of these trains they cost $65,000 yeah. each so i mean there's a lot that goes into it. into it you have to invest into it you have to invest it yes it pays off but it's like but so the side thing is yes the trains making money but on the flip side they're grabbing a Yeti cup. They're grabbing a, yeah. an ornament. They're grabbing a big green egg accessory, a Weber accessory on the way out the door. Definitely.
0: So, so have you, since you do have a lot of events and, and they're fairly large scale, do you have like a someone on staff that kind of makes sure like plans out all the events? Like how do you even go about doing some of you these You know events, what we assign? what we
1: started doing was assigning, we have uh, five merchandise groups, you know, okay. gift, hardware, grills, patio, I forget the other one, whoever it is, (laughs) God love you, whoever you are. I can't think of it right now. So we assign a group to that event because what was happening was some of the details were getting missed and everybody's like, well, I thought you were doing, I thought that, Mm -hmm. you know, you were doing that. Oh, the warehouse. We actually, uh, we we have a, a large warehouse staff that delivers furniture and we have a christmas tree setup business where like yeah. we actually store and set up people's trees so they're oh, involved awesome. in that and um so there's a you know so they, they're able to to help with an event so whether it's um you know we have a event for the celebration of coleslaw so doing oh quirky my gosh, events really? it's called slaw fest
0: oh my gosh i didn't even know about this
1: oh if you haven't come to slaw fest 35 no 25 different coleslaws wow and it's a blast yeah and it's and it's you know about 300 people come and it, they it's uh ten dollars and then uh half the money uh as so we say half the money goes to the salvation army and the other half goes to buying cabbage so that one so sometimes we're tying in a charity we yeah. do a, a barbecue for the alzheimer's association a couple events for the salvation army so you know but it's you know there, there's different ways every event is a little bit different yeah so.
0: and it sounds like something that your business does that I think is cool is that you're bringing the community together not just to say hey come we're having a 20% off sale it's more come we're gonna have this going on and you know it just it seems like a cool way to bring people together that's not necessarily focused on the product but they'll end up buying the product Correct. in the long run. you're
1: just trying to get them in in the store so we mm-hmm. you know the building we're sitting in right now, which is kind of a, one of our outbuildings, sits in the middle of the garden center, along with the Yellow House and a couple other buildings. But this this facility, it's the North Pole at Christmas. Oh, the North Pole. Easy now. <laughs> but this one, also pretty much every weekend, there's a wedding shower, a birthday party, yeah. a baby shower, a rehearsal dinner. And so these people that have never been in our business before get an invitation to a party that says Sullivan Hardware and Garden and they're like what in the heck yeah so they come walking through your store and like they've never been here so is it a great moneymaker now we charge like 150 bucks or something to rent the space but you're getting these people that are like what in the world is this place yeah and so they're walking through your store
0: for sure so I don't know if we we were talking about it before we started the interview, but um, do you mind sharing a little bit about Sully's Grill?
1: No, not at all. So Sully's Grill is uh, so our 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 business, if you can envision the main building, we have a main uh, store, which is like 16,000 square foot. And then attached to it is a 10,000 square foot greenhouse. And then within the greenhouse, we built a uh, facility called Sully's Grill. And it is you'd look at it and go, well, it's a bar. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a bar, it's a restaurant bar and it's where we teach. uh, It uh, it has a couple things. One, it's the train station at Christmas. So thirty five thousand people ride the train. They all go through Sully's Grill. Mm -hmm. So but that's where we teach grilling classes. So we teach a a grilling class each week. And again, see, I think that's sometimes where retailers like, oh, yeah, yeah, come. We're going to teach you how, you know, this free class. Our classes cost fifty dollars and when you charge one, you're going to be more motivated about it Two, the customer looks and go, oh, they're charging there. This must be. Yeah, this must be really good because they wouldn't be charging for it. You know, if it wasn't good. Yeah. You know, we sell the tickets online. So every all this is done. We use a, a ticketing service that is tied to our website. And so, like I say, uh, one class a week. Mm-hmm. And then at Christmas, it's it's the train station, and then pretty soon we'll open it as a lunch restaurant. So That's we awesome. we actually hired our first full time chef. So we have a now employ a full time chef here in the old hardware apartment. That's so, great. Yeah.
0: So do you think that having all these different aspects to your business, and we were kind of talking about it earlier, but. It seems like shoppertainment, or the idea of someone wants to come shopping, not just yep. for you know, I need to pick up some nails and a hammer. Like, can you talk a little bit about that and and what your thoughts are on that kind of moving yeah, forward I really in the think, industry? At least,
1: at least for us, and I know everyone's business is different. Yeah. We are like in a ma- you know major. I mean, we have Lows. I mean, I have so many box stores sit and and I know that you know certain. Categories—they're never going to come to me. So that's why I always call myself—we are a good basic hardware store. Yeah. But then we want to be a monster in some of these other things. But getting—you know—so first it was the box stores, and then along comes the internet. Now nobody wants to get off the couch and get dressed. <laughs> yeah. So how do you get people to actually get dressed and and come to your business? Well, that's where where these quirky—whether it's a quirky event or they see it on social media or making your place interesting enough that they just want to wander around. We call it date night on uh, like on Friday and Saturday night. We actually yeah. get kind of busy at night. People go out to dinner and we're open until nine o'clock. Yeah. So people kind of wander in, you yeah. know, date night. So that's now cool. that we have Sully's grill, we have a beer and wine, uh, license. So mm-hmm. people can buy beer and wine and walk around the store. Um, so, and, and that's not probably not for everyone yeah. <laughs> serving yeah. beer and wine, but you know, it's, um, uh, you know, and it's not just the event you're having it's talking about that event yeah. so uh, on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. we, had a, um, we had a surf and turf dinner uh, mm-hmm. played it, sit down meal you got on our trains, you know we have these trains anyways yeah. that we use once a month we put everyone on a train, played some romantic music, okay. it's a little Barry White and then took them to one of the outbuildings where we had a comedy show oh, so they had a comedy show back on the train and then we reprogrammed we have some talking animals from christmas yeah. so we had one of them a six foot bear singing a love song oh, you i know. love that so they went for you know so it, we made it an event yeah. and you know it's 75 dollars a head yeah so we had 88 people it was 75 bucks a person it sold out in 48 hours wow but so you think well 88 people is not very many But it's what we were able to brag about Mm -hmm. on social media when we can show. It's like, well, look, you know, you the the surf and turf dinner. Here's the comedians and all this stuff. And then, you know, you get a lot of, you know, as long as you do it right. People wanting to do it the next year. Yes. Yes. And those nice comments of people that were here and, and, so I think that does wonders to create. It's like, wow, maybe we need to yeah. swing by and hang out at this place
0: for sure. So since since um, events are huge for you, do you do a lot of that promotion through social media? And a ton of what
1: it what's social media. social media
0: been like for you guys? Did you start kind of when it became popular about I guess, um, ten years or so? No,
1: nah, you know what? We were probably sl- as slow as any anybody in our industry. You know, we mm-hmm. you know I don't want to act like I'm like cutting edge <laughs> anything. It's like but you see the power of social media yeah. and you know what sometimes social media again we the the 1970s and 80s keep coming back and we think it's a circular and we need to slap a circular and yeah. price item price item that's not what it's about no. i mean it's about you know the the most you know response we'll get is whether it's an event we're doing uh, funny videos mm-hmm. that you know there's someone on your staff that is a doofus, yeah. that will create a, a funny, people love videos. And yeah. when we look, if I do a video mm-hmm. of just being a knucklehead versus our advertising agency, which we still do, we'll put out the 1970s boilerplate uh, ad on on social media. Yeah. I mean, one will get 300 views and one will get 3,000 views. Yeah. People want, you know. They so want to connect do, with you as, right.
0: as a person, not just as and a business. And the product will
1: come second. You Definitely. don't have to jam product and price down their throat. Exactly.
0: So. Well, cool. Well, I'm trying to think, are there some other topics that we haven't covered yet today? I feel like we've well, covered a lot. Think... Social media, we're talking about um, all the different areas of your business. Do you, what are some things you see down the road?
1: Do you... um, down the road for us, I guess, is still, you know, how do you, you know always becoming new, yeah. you know? Yeah kind of, and, and we, and we do, you know, we do a fair, fairly good job of that. And we have a unique piece of property. And I do understand that, you know, for a lot of, you know, other dealers. And I just think, well, but I I guess always it's like, how can I get people to come to the store and how can I be the best, you know, what they want to come in and not feel like they're just doing their duty to shop local, you know, that's great shop local. We all love that. But it's like I want them to come in, and that's so far. That's what we've created here: is they want to come and play. And we always say it's like come and play with us. Exactly. I mean, it's like there's there's always something. So there's always going to be new things, and uh, you know, we have we have some you know this Valentine's Day dinner that we did was so successful. We start thinking, well, what other things can we plug in to entertain people? Yeah. You know, and at Christmas time, we're always trying to like we do. uh, You know, we we talked about the the train, Mm -hmm. and so families coming with grandma, grandpa, mom and dad and the kids. Well, guess what? There's some people that don't have kids in their life. Yeah. You know, maybe their uh, their kids are older, they don't have any grandkids, whatever the reason. Yeah. Well, so they want to play too. Yeah. So we have uh, we do comedy shows.
0: Mhm.
1: We take one of the North Poles we put them on the train just like the kids get to play on the train they go to the train they're greeted by santa who happens to be a comedian
0: that's awesome and he does
1: he'll open a show and we'll bring a comedian in and they sell out instantly we do them between we do them before christmas we'll do them after christmas and so everyone wants to play it doesn't matter how old you are
0: so it's trying to also it seems like find who your audience is and not just limiting yourself to this is who we want to attract you want to get as many people as you can to come through the door, even if they're in different stages of their lives or have different interests. And the
1: beauty of the Christmas thing is young people, Mm -hmm. young people with kids. Now you're emotionally tying 30-somethings, 20-somethings that have kids to your business. And so that, I mean, the Santa thing has been just gold. And I would like anybody that could figure out how to... You know, it's kind of funny too, because I have yet to see our thing knocked off anywhere in the country. Yeah. Cause it's been in a couple uh, garden center type yeah. things and it's a lot of work. It, it is. Yeah. And there's a lot of investment and there's risk. There's risk to everything. Yeah. And, but I've, we've yet to be knocked off. off you seem like
0: you're not, you don't seem like you've, you've been uh, afraid to take those risks though. Is that something that you think is just part of your personality or is it um, something that you have a good team around you? That's like, let's go for it. Yeah. Like, Cause I, how does that, how you do know, you, Get into all these things and not go "Oh, What if it doesn't work you know I don't
1: know And I think sometimes that you know I don't know maybe It's I've had some successes but I've had Failures too I mean Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of money On um on the fireplace, you know, we yeah. have beautiful working displays. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars. It yeah. just didn't work. Yeah. So, you know what? Rip it out and move on. Exactly. You know? Now, the the train thing was interesting because the first year, so I bought one train. Mm-hmm. So, the train's $65,000. So,
0: what is the... I'm trying to visualize... Because I wasn't here for it. So, I didn't right. get to see it.
1: So, it's a trackless train. So, okay. there's not a... So, it's kind no of
0: like tra- driving a like a, a car, but it's like a bit...
1: It's I'm trying to a visualize train, it. Renee.
0: <laughs> I know, but...
1: All right, well, uh, it's it's just like oh, have you ever seen a train in a mall? Yes. Okay, it's a big version of something like okay, that. Cool. But it has all the bells and whistles. Oh. And you know what I mean it has all the bells and whistles, there are. It has all, and you know what? It has smoke. It has, I mean, and it, it's just a blast. I yeah. mean, but it's like, so when we did, when we had this idea, because it had always been in the back of my head, and I thought, you I can do this, and but spending sixty-five grand on a train. <laughs> and then you're you know you're like you're programming you know you have talking bears and so there's a lot of vignettes and there yeah. you know let your mind run wild it's like the uh, the train has a narrated story so we had, there's a somebody that i wrote the story and i had it recorded so that's and the drivers go along the mm-hmm. the route but they the train gets diverted because of an overturned railroad car of candy canes so oh. it has to go to the North Pole, the back way. Yeah. And they were able to go through the reindeer workout room where uh, reindeer are lifting weights. I love and, this. And uh, they're on treadmills. <laughs> and everyone's working except for who? Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. Because he's the star. He's yeah. like the quarterback. And the media is surrounding Rudolph. and he just... That's hilarious. So so there's adult humor on the train mm-hmm. along with kids' humor. But it's so, no, does everyone need to do a train? No. But it's like, what can you do in your store to, Find to make something. people fall in love with you yeah
0: and I think I think that's kind of the the theme of this episode is just finding a way to embrace kind of your creative ideas and and just kind of try it at least try it see where it goes and you
1: know what the hard I will tell you the hardest thing I ever did I think was we do a big egg fest you know celebration Mm -hmm. of the big green egg the heart that was the first event that we charged money for yeah. Because before we were like every other store, it's like, ah, free. We're having a turkey cookout free. We're having a Weber cookout free. We're having ladies night mm-hmm. free, free, free. Yeah. And then that was the first event that we said, no, it's yeah. $10 to come in. Yeah. And you know what? You were so, I'm so afraid that people are going to first, there's going to be a backlash. Like who the heck do you think you are yeah. charging? No, it elevated the event. The level of it. It elevated the event. And so what started as $10 is now 20 bucks or whatever it is. And
0: then on top of it, it seems like if people do pay a fee to come, you know, you're able to put more into it on your exactly. End as well. You so are going it's... to
1: exactly you're going to deliver a better product because it's like instead of like, you know, we still have those turkey, fe- you know, turkey yeah. fat. Fe- we have free events. And we'll have a couple of our old crusty staff members. Yeah. And, oh yeah, these people with their free turkey. You know, yeah. so you get that, but when it's a paid event, it kinda limits it, it makes it exclusive. Yeah. You no. Know, so it works.
0: So are there any, I think one of the questions I've been trying to ask people just since this is a podcast, are there any podcasts or books or things you've been kind of reading or, or listening to lately? I am reading lately? Harry Potter right now. Really? Yep. I'm First the, time?
1: Yep. Never read it or on the fifth book right now. What are your thoughts? I love it. I, you know, it's creativity going wild. Yeah. Yeah. So can I learn something from it? No, but it makes my mind go crazy.
0: Now, have you been to Harry Potter World in either California or Orlando yet? Before
1: they added on to it, before they made it.
0: They have a train.
1: A train. They copied it after you guys, probably. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah. But no, podcasts have kind of escaped me. Yeah. I know all of our young staff, the 20 somethings, are all over the podcast.
0: Yeah. But sometimes I think that's
1: why they have sleeping problems.
0: Yeah, perhaps. We're trying to consume too many things. Yeah. But um, well, I think this has been a, a great uh, chance to come out here and and sit down and check out the store and learn about your business. Is there mm. anything we haven't talked about today that, that um, like any keys to your success or anything that you look no, back on? It's, you
1: know, I think the keys are I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was younger, I thought that I wanted to have a bunch of stores. Yeah. And so at one point I had four stores okay and uh financial advisor we were sitting down and doing some planning he goes so how many stores do you see yourself with in five years and i said one because i realized it's not for some guys i know guys that run 5 10 20 stores and they do it beautifully yeah Uh, that's not me so you know knowing your own strengths Mm -hmm. so sometimes you know opening a store and we do have three stores Mm -hmm. but opening a store a New store is seems like the next logical step when sometimes the next logical step is right in front of you. Yeah, it's the store that you're in. the business
0: that you have. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, the amount of business that we do out of this one location is beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah, so so sometimes it's right there and make it your playground. And if you're not in, do something you love. I mean, if you love, you know, if you love working on power equipment, be the best darn power equipment And, and go create. I mean, the services. Like this Christmas tree yeah. service, people, picture this, people pay us $28 a foot. So a 10-foot tree, artificial. Wow. They pay us $280 every year mm-hmm. to get the tree out of it. We put them in these big wooden yeah. cartons to shape it, mm-hmm. to make sure all the lights work. We take it out to their house, shape, we set it up. They decorate it. They undecorate it. We come, we take it yeah. back, we store it. And they pay us $280 every year and we do 300 trees right now Wow! the but services service, that you can offer yeah. so what you know i have a buddy in louisville uh that that cleans weber grills yeah and he has two different and they've charged 85 bucks or 100 bucks to clean and service a weber grill so it's like how can you and that's tying that customer to yeah. your business
0: well, so. service is huge, too, and we didn't talk too much about that. I mean, we did, but I feel like services that stores offer is another way to distinguish yourself and just kind of show. Yeah. Oh. I mean, because people, people are like, I have so much going on. I mean, I I don't I don't have a big enough tree in my place to, to need that service right now, but yeah, it's but, something that when you're busy or... Right, so
1: the service we provide is one for people that just have money, but you know what? It also, as people get older... Instead of, like, we have that retired couple that comes mm-hmm. in all the time and say, hey, we just can't handle our tree anymore, so we're going to get a four-foot tree. Yeah. But they don't want to, so this allows them to still, still. have the same Christmas and have someone else, you know, we... Do we, the heavy lifting. Yeah. They also have to do is hang, put the ornaments on it. Yeah. And that's the, so.
0: that's the most fun part, in my opinion. Yep. My so, I mean, <laughs> if you
1: can dream the service up and yeah. market it, it, it may be the next biggest thing in your business. I
0: know. Well, thank you, Pat, for being on our episode and welcoming us to the store. It was great getting to come out here and kind of, I know they can't see this visually, but it's a really cool store. So if you're ever in Indianapolis, make sure to come visit. Tune in next time for our next episode. Thanks so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Cole's Wild Bird. With Kohl's line of top quality birding products, your customers get what they paid for, more wild birds on the bird feeder. Launched from the family garage over 35 years ago, Kohl's Wild Bird Products is a true mom and pop success, dedicated to making your store the place for birders to shop again and again. Kohl's believes that birds are like people, give them what they like to eat, and they'll come back and bring their friends. After all, if you just want bird seed, buy any brand. If you want birds, buy Kohl's.